0: Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jared Bumpers, Assistant Professor of Preaching and Evangelism at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Heath Thomas to the podcast. Dr. Thomas became the president of Oklahoma Baptist University in Shawnee, Oklahoma in January of 2020. Dr. Thomas is the author of several books, including A Manifesto for Theological Interpretation, Exalting Jesus in First and Second Samuel, and Faith Amid the Ruins, the Book of Habakkuk. He has also pastored churches in Oklahoma, Texas, North Carolina, and the United Kingdom. Dr. Thomas, welcome to Preaching and Preachers.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a, a joy to be with my friends at Midwestern, and it's great to be uh, on this podcast today.
0: Thanks. Yeah, we're so appreciative of you and and your ministry at a sister institution. Before we jump into Habakkuk, I'd love to hear from you on your ministry and family. Give us a quick update.
1: Well, my wife and I uh, have been married over uh, 20 years. Jill and I have lived all over. We were counting up how many houses we've lived in. I think it's 12 houses. You never know where the Lord's going to take you, um, and you never know what you're going to do. But in those 12 houses or so— We've had four children, and uh, my oldest is 19. Uh, my, uh, he's a, a sophomore in college. My, my daughter, Bella, she is a senior in high school. She's 17. And then I have an eighth grader, Simon, who's 14, and my daughter, Sophia, is in seventh grade, and she is uh, 12 years old. And then we have two Weimaraner dogs, which are you know kind of dumb and dumber. And Mm -hmm. we have lots of other animals running around the house. That's great. And I guess I should say something about ministry, too, because uh, we we are talking about preaching. I preach probably, if I'm not doing an interim now, um, I preach probably three out of uh, four or five weeks every month. Okay. And so I love working through biblical texts. I'm an Old Testament professor by training, but I love working through biblical texts. I just recently worked through uh, First Peter with a church, and that was a sheer joy. Uh, But I enjoy preaching through uh, those biblical books that that oftentimes we avoid because they're unfamiliar or uh, we, we aren't really sure what's going on in them. And I think a book like Habakkuk would would fit that bill as well. So I, I love preaching through those those biblical books.
0: Yeah, that's right. Paul Paul says all Scripture is inspired by God and all Scripture is profitable. Right. Even those passages or those books that tend to get overlooked or neglected. So one of the first questions I want to ask is, what led you to to study uh, the book of Habakkuk? What what drew you to that book initially?
1: Interestingly enough, I, I wrote on Habakkuk originally because one of my friends uh, invited me to contribute to uh, a a commentary series, and the reason he asked me to write on Habakkuk is because of my interest in Lament. I've done four works on the Book of Lamentations, and um, the Book of Lamentations is kind of, in the Christian tradition, is uh, uh, sometimes overlooked, uh, overlooked, especially in evangelical church, but it's a powerhouse, and it's a resource that we're uh, certainly going to need And we certainly need it in the West as we think about how broken we are in our sin and uh, how confusing life is. And so a book like Lamentations is a great resource for us. And so when he was looking at all the work that I had done in that space, he said, well, Habakkuk is kind of like a mini Job. Would you ever consider writing that? And so the more I got into the book, the more I realized how relevant uh, the book of Habakkuk is for the modern world how deep its resources are uh, when it comes to prayer, when it uh, comes to navigating through confusing times, when uh, dealing with the sinfulness of your own people, and also dealing with uh, persecution and threat from the outside. The book of Habakkuk, like Lamentations, has incredibly rich veins for us to mine and learn from.
0: That's great. You've, You've highlighted some of the some of the things I'm I'm guessing the answer to this question is going to overlap with what you just said a bit. But what would you tell someone if they were to ask you, you know, why is it important for me to read or a pastor who's considering preaching this book? Why is it important for them to preach through uh, the book of Habakkuk?
1: Well, I think one of the most basic reasons why we should read a book like Habakkuk is because in our lives, all of us have always asked two questions. We always ask god why is this happening and we ask the question lord how long is this going to take place whether we're talking about experiences of enemy oppression or the consequences of our own sin or you know maybe when there's just we aren't certain exactly what's going on in life the questions of why and how long the two most predominant questions in the book of psalms appear uh prominently in the book of habakkuk and so if we are human beings, which last time I checked, we are, we have instances and times in life where we need the Lord to speak into our questions of why and how long. And he may not answer our questions exactly how we ask them, uh, but God always shows up in our times of confusion, in our times of need, in our times of questioning. And when God shows up, his presence uh, gives us what we need to carry on in in the life of faith. And, mm-hmm. and a, a book like Habakkuk, almost like no other, really frames up these realities and helps us understand what faithful response to God looks like in a time of trouble.
0: Man, praise the Lord. That's so good. So you not know, have you preached through this book, but you've written on it. So I uh, would love for you to share with our listeners, what are some things that that you learned as you were studying uh, and writing on Habakkuk, what are some some memorable moments for you as you look back on your studies in Habakkuk?
1: Um, I think the first one really came out of my exegesis of Habakkuk one, uh, particularly verses two through four, when the prophet's talking to God about the injustice and the suffering he's experiencing. It's a result of the the, the oppression probably of his own people. That is, his own people are sinful in creating a a situation where the faithful are are actually being oppressed by God's own people. That really struck me because oftentimes in the life of faith, we think the enemies are out there somewhere, you know, whether the culture and the cultural wars or whether they're in, you know, the government or whether they're out there somewhere. But the reality is, You know, sin crouches at the door of the church, day in and day out, and that's a good reminder for me. And it was a good reminder that, you know, when the the apostles are writing to their letters to the church, into the churches, you know, whether in Ephesus or Philippi or. Uh, to the, those scattered abroad in Bithynia, et cetera, in First Peter, one of the things we need to understand is, listen, the, the reason why the apostles are so hard on the church is because sin is crouching at the door of the church, and we need to kind of get our house in order with holiness. And Habakkuk uh, really frames that up really well. So those questions, initial questions of confusion, were uh, directed to his own people. And then the second thing I would say is, How God surprises us. You know, the ways of God are on a grand scale, very transparent. God sent his son Christ to reconcile all things back to himself through the shed blood of our Savior on the cross. We know that. That's clear. And God in Christ is going to reconcile all things. We know that. But oftentimes in in, in our our individual journey, sometimes the ways of God are fairly surprising. So we think, oh, well, God would never do this or God would never direct me here or, you know, whatever. And I think you find that God is always on the move and his job is not to get him on our agenda. His goal is for us to get in on his agenda. And so when you read in uh, Habakkuk 1, 5, uh, really through 11 or so, and you see that that God is uh, doing a, a, a wondrous work in the prophet's day that he wouldn't even believe. Uh, he's taking the prophet on a journey where it's really a journey of discovery for the prophet to get in on what God is doing. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a process of growth and refinement. It's a process of self-denial and a process of prayer where as the prophet prays, the prophet begins to understand, okay, this is what God's doing. Okay, I need to have faith in him. I need to have faith in what God is doing. Less about fitting God into his life rather than him fitting into the life of God. And I think that reorientation was fundamental to me understanding what the book was really all about.
0: Okay. Yeah, That that's good. I think I mentioned before we started recording Uh, that I preached to uh, Habakkuk um, a year or two ago. And I remember reading in the first chapter, Habakkuk, you know, essentially asking God, where are you at? Why aren't you doing doing anything? And then God says, I'm doing a work, you know, that you wouldn't believe. And he lays out what he's doing. And then Habakkuk's response is, well, I didn't yeah. want you to do that. Um, yeah, and yeah so, why are you
1: doing that? That doesn't make
0: any sense. Yeah, so that first chapter is, uh, is, is so good. Thank you for sharing that. What would you say are some of the major themes in the book of Habakkuk as a preacher's preparing to preach on, on the book of Habakkuk? What are some of the major things and, and some things that you would say a preacher needs to be aware of in preparation for preaching through the book of Habakkuk?
1: Well, I think the first and foremost is suffering. The way of the cross is the way of the Christian life. And the prophet comes to understand that in a way that uh, I, I think maybe few of us really understand. I mean, actually, if you think about the context of Habakkuk, it's kind of like Jeremiah. <laughs> God's raising up of the Neo-Babylonian Empire meant the destruction of the the southern kingdom of Judah. And so in the very context of the book is the reality of suffering. And questioning as to why that happens. I mean, I think that is fundamental. And in the Western church, especially, that's something that isn't all that palatable. Uh, and so as preachers, we need to um, help our, our congregation understand that suffering is not necessarily bad. Suffering is part of the way of Christ.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And uh, so that that would be number one. The second thing I think I would say is uh, what is the nature of faith? Faith is not just um, something that I have. Uh, Faith is oriented towards the faithfulness of God and understanding that God's faithfulness is what undergirds uh, not only human life, but human redemption. Uh, God's faithfulness to his own mission is what Jesus is all about. And so uh, coming to reckon with what faith Really is it's allegiance to the faithfulness of God, getting in on his story, being reconciled to him through the shed blood of Christ on the cross, and then living our lives like that makes a difference. That faith in the faithful God uh, reality is uh, is central to the book. and then the last thing I would say is prayer. Uh, the book uniquely has a dialogue between God and, uh, the prophet. And that dialogue, that prayer, uh, is interesting. Uh, prayer is, is central in the book of Jeremiah prayer is central in a lot of books, but not quite as concentrated as one finds in Habakkuk one through three. So prayer, I would say, and as I've, as I've written is, um, it's the first and best reflex of the church. When we're confused, we should pray. When we're rejoicing, we should pray. When we're angry, we pray. Because number one, God isn't shocked by that. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: And uh, the, the faithful life is the one that leans into God no matter what the circumstances are. And it, it's a spirituality that's born in suffering. It's a spirituality that's, that's, uh, that's deep and rich. It's what we see modeled in the life of Christ. So prayer is uh, central to the book. And those are the three that I think stand out to me.
0: And uh, that's so helpful. I, even listening to you talk about suffering uh, in the book of Habakkuk and then mentioning you preach through First Peter, and that's a prominent theme in First Peter as well. Uh, I think that, yeah. that's, that's a great connection. Even listening to you talk that I'm making there. And then the aspect of faith, chapter 3 uh, of Habakkuk, just uh, his faith at the end. And then the, the theme of prayer— you read it, and, and there's a sense in which you can read read Habakkuk and think, "Well, man, why is Habakkuk so down on God? It seems like he's he's questioning God. Where are you at? Then, when God acts, he doesn't like what God is doing. But I think there's another sense, and, and you said this, in which we can look at Habakkuk and say, "Hey, that that's what you should do when you're hurting, when you're confused. Yeah. Man, God is big enough to handle your your questions and your emotional reactions to whatever's going on around you.
1: Yeah, and I think there, you know. We bring our petitions and we bring our confusion and we bring our, even in some cases, you know, I, I think about families who have lost loved ones or children. There is an emotional reality. We're not robots, right? Yeah. So uh, we we respond, and I think God isn't surprised or shocked or uh, he's not uh, somehow off-put by these realities. He He made us, after all. And part of growing in our faith is coming to an awareness of ourselves, our brokenness and our sin, and then allowing God to do his work where he surfaces those those realities and then shows us, reveals to us his grace and his reconciliation, his forgiveness and his redemption. So it draws us into a deeper understanding, not only of ourselves, but more deeply an understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done on our behalf. And, and who uh, Christ has redeemed us to be. And I think that kind of theological uh, growth and that spiritual growth is what we see uh, in the book of Habakkuk. You, you have questions, and then by the end, he's saying, you know, you've made my feet like uh, the hind's feet, and uh, I can walk in high places because of it. And you can't have Habakkuk 3, 16 through 19 until you go through Habakkuk 1 through 2. At least in the in the context of Habakkuk, uh, the book, mm-hmm. and so it's the whole journey of transformation from these dead ends. As I write in the Two Horizons commentary, what seemed to be dead ends in his life become doorways to a deeper uh, relationship with Jesus, and that's that's the life of faith.
0: That's the life of faith. Man, dead end dead ends, the doorways, man. What a what a concept. That that's great. And obviously, as pastors and preachers and and those who are serving others, we we want to see them get to that point where they can say, you know, my feet are like hind's feet. But it does take walking through suffering and difficulty at times for them to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. The Christian faith is essentially a a forward-looking faith.
1: We have hope because of the finality and the victory that Christ has won that great interruption in the history of the world, the the cross and the resurrection, it guarantees that Christ will make all things new. We say it in the creeds, right? Christ has come and Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. And when that takes place, he's gonna make all things new. That's, That's the Christian faith. Well, I think the book of Habakkuk, especially in chapters two and the woe oracles, gives that certainty it gives that forward looking momentum hey look those that seem to rise up and have all power and they're wicked they seem to be totally in control but at the end of the day they'll get their just deserts and god will be vindicated god will be proven right and the earth will be full of the the knowledge of the glory of the lord as waters cover the sea that's the vision of habakkuk you get that as well in particularly chapter 2 so I love
0: that. Yeah, that certainty, that hope. Yeah, that's good. The, the forward look, and it's easy to get caught up in the present, but the backward look to the cross, Christ has come, yeah. and the forward look to the future and judgment of the wicked and the, the rescue and yes. of salvation of, of the righteous, of God's people, give you confidence and assurance to press through even when the present is difficult. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, I've got a couple questions here. I'm going to shift gears a little bit, we've kind of been big picture here. I'm going to ask a couple uh, more granular questions that I think will be helpful for preachers who listen to this and say, okay, I want to preach through Habakkuk. How how do I do that? So the first question uh, that I have here is, how many sermons would you recommend preaching from Habakkuk? How would you break down the book of Habakkuk for preaching purposes?
1: There are a couple of ways to do it. Um, You could, and I like to do this, I like to follow the flow of the text, right? Mm -hmm. So if one were to do a sermon series on, on the book, some natural breaks would be Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4. That gets the context of questioning, and you could do a sermon based on that text. Then 5 through 11, 12 through 17. That would be a way to break that down. Chapter 2, I, I would really focus in on chapters chapter 2, 1 through 5. And then you could do really six through 20. I think that would work. Uh, The oracles uh, kind of a sit as a unit and two, one through five sits as a unit as well. If you're focusing in on chapter two, one through five, really uh, lean in on the nature of faith, faith in the faithful God. And. what God does to set things right, and there, of course, you draw in uh, you know Romans mm-hmm. one. You could draw in Galatians, but let's not forget that Hebrews ten thirty six to thirty nine draws upon you know Habakkuk two four as well, and it actually draws on Habakkuk two one through five. So I would encourage you to, uh, as you're preaching. Look at that context as well. And then the woe oracles are unique because essentially it's a word of judgment and God's ultimate vindication. This is a great opportunity for us to expose the fact that the wicked won't always prevail, even when it seems that way. And then chapter three is more of a cosmic vision. And you could uh, you could break this up a couple of ways, 3, 1 through 11, uh, maybe. But I, I really think three, one through fifteen is a good break, and then sixteen to nineteen. three sixteen to nineteen, I've preached as a word of hope. Um, the other uh, portion, the first portion of chapter three, is the action of God to deliver his people. And that's just a reminder that God doesn't leave us on our own. He goes to the far country of our sin and our suffering and brings us home. Mm -hmm. And I love this, that chapter three gives us all of these images in the Hebrew of what God does uh, when he goes to deliver his people from Egypt. And it's almost like uh, that story is being retold in a new way to show the prophet and the people that God is righteous. God hears the cries of his people, and God enacts deliverance. And of course, that is a forerunner of the cross. And uh, that's also a forerunner of what God's going to do for the church as well. You know, that's kind of how I would break it up. I've also, uh, there would be another way that you could do it, and that would be just chapter by chapter. And uh, chapter 1, 1 through 17, questions. Chapter 2, faith and vindication. Chapter 3, praise. And that would be another way to structure a sermon series. You do it kind of in three weeks. You'd have to, you'd have to hustle, but you could do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're covering a lot of ground in that that second approach, but uh, more of a telescopic approach. Yeah. So, uh, getting close to time here. I want to ask one more question. What would you tell? So, a, a preacher is committed to preaching this book. They've got it broken down. What are some landmines or pitfalls that they should be aware of as they're preparing to preach through through the book of Habakkuk?
1: Well, I think the first thing is allow the text to breathe. Allow the text to do what the text does. Um, A lot of times when we preach through uh, portions of a a biblical book, we want to answer all the questions quickly. And uh, I like the idea of allowing the text to breathe. And as we preach, the questions, you know, we want to run to the answers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So in chapter one, it's easy to run to the answer of chapter three. But as you preach this text, one of the things I like to do when we're preaching expositionally is allow the text to breathe. Don't be too quick to answer the questions for the people, allow the text to uncover and kind of uh, the the Holy spirit to do the Holy spirit's work in the lives of the people by just exposing the text uh, and, and, you know, helping the folks understand this is what's going on here. So that's one landmine, allow the text to breathe. Don't rush too quickly through it. The second thing I would say is uh, be careful to allow the old testament to speak in the way that the old testament speaks and then as the new testament receives the old testament and i'm thinking particularly here of chapter 2 1 through 5 allow habakkuk to speak and then allow paul to receive habakkuk and do what paul does with habakkuk and then the writer of hebrews to go his own way with habakkuk and so, uh, especially if we're not familiar with these Old Testament texts, we'll want the New Testament just to tell us what the Old Testament thinks. Well, I think a more productive way that the way that Jesus did it was to receive the Old Testament, allow it to stand, and then in the light of Christ to allow the, the full color of the Old Testament to break open. And that seems to be what Jesus does, and that seems to be what Paul and the apostles do. So I, that's that's the, the the focus that I would take as well. Don't uh, run too quickly to the New Testament. So the New Testament then uh, kind of runs roughshod over the, the, the testimony of the Old Testament. Allow the discreet witness of the Old Testament to have its full say, and then read that in concert with the full witness and the discreet witness of the New Testament.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that uh, that our, our listeners will benefit from hearing you talk about Habakkuk, and uh, my prayer is that they'll commit to preaching through the book of Habakkuk and be encouraged by your instructions here.
1: You bet. And the only thing I would just say is the Old Testament uh, reveals Christ. Hmm. So if the interpreter or if the preacher is not talking about Jesus, the one is probably not fully preached the book
0: of Habakkuk. That's a little fire at the end here. Absolutely. Uh, I would say that about any sermon, you're not a Christian preacher if Christ is not being presented. And so... That's especially true in the book of Habakkuk as well. So th- thank you for that that, uh, that final word there. That's great. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Hope you'll join us again in the future for another episode of Preaching and Preachers.
1: Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.